Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I'm inviting people to the Retreat House table to share their story, and I'm so glad you're here to join us. Welcome to the table. We are off-site. We're not at the Retreat House table this time. We are off-site again at the Dunn Brothers Coffee in Arden Hills, which if you've listened to other episodes, you know this is one of my favorite places to come and record. And fun fact... We're not too far from the kids' area, so you might hear some kids playing in the background. Someone's having a good time at the workbench, so hopefully that won't be a little, won't be too distracting. My guests today are Eric Iverson and Luke Troughton, and I, well, so a little, just a tiny bit of backstory. I know Eric because our boys play football together, which is so fun, and got to know his wife, and then got to know him and this uh, ministry that he is a part of. And then through some other connections, ended up meeting Luke, who is his ministry partner at the ministry that will at youth leadership that we'll talk about. And as I was talking with them, I thought, goodness, this sounds like a really good story. And so I asked them to come on the podcast and share their story and tell us a little bit about youth leadership and a conference that they have coming up soon. So welcome to the table. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here good to be with you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there won't be too much banging in the background. <laughs> so who would like to go first? Who would like to share a little bit about, like, like a little bit of background of how you ended up being at youth leadership? And we'll talk about youth leadership in the conference toward the end of the conversation. Sure. I have been serving in the Twin Cities for the past, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 years in full-time ministry kind of different capacities. Um, I had found out or knew of youth leadership while I was working at Youth Works, mm-hmm. and had done some training for them. They had they have like on, we have ongoing training throughout the year, and so I was able to participate in some of that at different stages through my life over time. Most recently, Tiger McLuhan, who had been with youth leadership for the past 29 years, um, was transitioning out of his role as the um, president, and they the board was hiring a new executive director. Um, and that was attractive to me. It was something I was like, this would be an amazing opportunity. I love youth workers. I've done youth ministry for the majority of my life. To be able to serve youth workers here locally in the Twin Cities um, as part of youth leadership was something that we prayed about and was excited to, to jump in on. Uh, and so in 2017, my family and I uh, moved back from where we were going to school in another state and mm-hmm took over the role of executive director at youth leadership and so i've been there ever since and i'm learning a a great deal and (laughs) love this and feel this is a call for us as a family and so that's how i came to it in my role at youth works i had also been involved with uh, the recharge event that we'll talk about a little bit later too when youth works was part of that event pre-2012 so that's a little bit of how i came here you know, my wife and I have two kids, and this is like, we just love youth workers. We love youth mm-hmm. ministry. As a dad of a middle school son and a, and a uh, freshman in high school, I, my appreciation for youth workers has grown exponentially, and I just see, as a family, we need help. We can't do this on our own. And so for us to be able to be a part of supporting youth workers and the, the work of the church going forward with young people and students is, is a thrill for us. So, yeah. So you said that you've done a lot. Of, that most of your years has been in youth ministry. Yeah. Well, how did you get into youth ministry? So I grew up at a church called Park Avenue Methodist in South Minneapolis. Park Avenue had a um, foundation that had created programming for students to be able to be involved in throughout the year. Uh, it was an opportunity to, for outreach in the community. And I was a kid in the mid '70s who heard of this event they had at the church called Celebration Festival and it drew my my mom and I to that congregation and I so I grew up there when at 14 I had the opportunity to work on summer staff so that was mm-hmm. kind of the beginning of like children youth ministry kind of experience and learning and I fell in love with it they probably hired you know like 10 of us high school kids each mm-hmm. summer to work um, with the rest of the summer staff doing day camps and taking trips with young kids and so that kind of that's how I got started in it and I that first summer I specifically remember 
you know, hearing people affirm me in my work with kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I love this. I don't want to go and work downtown and put a tie on every day. And I just knew that in, in me and it was just kind of a fit for me. And so since then, that's been the majority of all I've done and work wise and career is work with students, youth and, and families. And so uh, I came back there years later and was the youth director. And that was kind of all I've ever done is done stuff with young kids and then when I was working for YouthWorks, um, we had acquired youth specialties, the event side of youth specialties, and I absolutely fell in love with hosting events and creating space for youth workers to connect and to grow and to be loved on and cared for, mm -hmm. and um, had done a bunch of conferences with, with YouthWorks as a, as a vendor, but then leading those with uh, youth specialties was was something I'm like this is what I want to do this is where I want to be um, these folks that do this work day in day out with kids are so critical to the work of the church mm -hmm. we need them mm -hmm. they're tired they're underappreciated <laughs> um, under under equipped uh, mm -hmm. oftentimes I remember specifically just like I, I love this group of folks so that, that yeah so there's been a lot of different things over the past you know, 30 some Lifetimes. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So well, I totally affirm what you're saying about what, how you were talking about people affirming you and the way that you work with youth mm -hmm. because you are, I didn't mention you were one of the coaches and last year when you were coaching, the way that you would interact with the boys on the football team, the way that you talk to them and the, even when you were, when I think you were probably correcting them, it was so caring and so compassionate I remember thinking, who is this guy? Who is mm. this guy? And the, just, I just love the way that you talk to them. Yeah. So yeah. I can see that. Yep, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love like it. It, just come, it seems to like just kind of come out of your pores. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm a 13-year-old at heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. How about you, Luke? How did you get to youth work? Youth, sorry, youth leadership. Youth leadership. He said youth works a lot. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all the youth. It's fine. Um, so I have been employed by youth leadership for like just over a month. I've oh, been okay. interacting with youth leadership uh, for over a decade. Um, I was a youth pastor in the Northwest Twin Cities for uh, 12 years and was the guy who would show up at the events that they were putting on or bring my volunteers to the recharge conference and, and that sort of thing. So I got to experience the benefit of the organization. Mm -hmm. And so the summer when I was looking for my what's next and Eric said, hey, uh, do you want to produce this conference? I was really excited to get to do all the things he was just talking about with creating a space for volunteers to feel appreciated and celebrated and inspired and just kind of give that mid-year boost that you need where mm -hmm. you know you just get through the holidays and you're exhausted and the idea of someone setting up a little bit of a, a party for you or, mm -hmm. or something to help kick off the next year is really exciting uh, both challenge and opportunity that's that's the much shorter version of how I ended up at youth leadership <laughs> but but those are the facts so so then how did you end up in youth being a youth leader yeah um, so when I was 16 I was at camp I had, I had grown up in a really large church and family was Christian which meant we you know went to church on Sundays and prayed for meals but other than that I wasn't really sure what I thought about faith but going mm -hmm. to church was the thing we do when I was in high school, my parents did probably one of the most selfless and loving things that they did as parents, which was they recognized that their kids weren't really connecting at church. And so they started asking their friends, hey, where's a really good youth ministry that we can you know, move our family to? Mm -hmm. And so we ended up at this smaller covenant church um, where I noticed two things about the other students there. I noticed that uh, they actually loved Jesus, like I think my last youth group probably loved ski trips and loved dodgeball, but mm -hmm. this group loved Jesus, and they loved me. And I started to understand how those two were related and connected. And so that began my actual journey into what does it mean to follow Jesus and mm -hmm. to be, be a Christian. And so my love for youth ministry started from seeing how it impacted my life. I was so excited and so thrilled. Um, at the difference that it made that I just wanted to serve however I could. And so I ended up 
as a janitor at a camp. It was one of the nights where, you know, the speaker's giving the big, this is why you should follow Jesus talk. Mm -hmm. uh, I was not there for that talk. I was cleaning the bathrooms. And then it was my job to sweep the chapel afterwards. So I like showed up at the tail end and like everyone's all emotional and stuff, but I hadn't been there. So I'm just like sitting with my broom waiting. Mm -hmm. And the speaker says, you know, if you want to pray with someone, you can stay behind. Otherwise you can, you know, head to the dining hall for whatever's next. And so I'm waiting and waiting and, and trying to figure out, like, at what point is it appropriate to start sweeping around people who are praying because that's the only real reason I was there. Uh, but then I noticed there was this kid in the front row on the left side, and everyone else in the room had someone praying with them, and this kid was just alone. And, like, just something inside of me was so not okay with that. And so I set my broom up against the wall and started walking up to this kid, and I'm like, what am I doing? I have no idea. I am not a counselor. I am the guy who cleans the bathrooms. And I sat down and just said, hey, uh, do you want to talk? Solid opening line, right? Mm -hmm. No idea what else uh, I said, if anything, or any advice I gave. But this kid just kind of poured out for a little bit about um, what was going on at home and his life. And, and then he just paused and he goes, but I know I'm going to be okay now. Thanks. Then he gets up and he starts walking away. And as he walked out, I just felt this like deep sense of, of God saying, uh, this is what you're going to do with your life. Mm. And it wrecked me in all the right ways. So at 16, I knew youth ministry was going to be my, my career, my, my calling. Um, and so worked at every camp I could, went to school and got my degree, and then uh, started uh, in a little church plant as their first youth pastor and got to see, uh, got to grow uh, a ministry there. It was just really amazing to be able to start creating the type of place where kids like me can show up, be loved by others, and ultimately loved by God. Mm. So, yeah. Very cool. So, and it sounds like just a little bit that you've talked about with youth leadership in this conference is that that's what you're trying to create for all of the volunteers and the pastors who are doing that day in, day out, that they have a place to come and to be loved, right? to know that Jesus loves them and to know that other people love them. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, a day, alone. and a day where they like don't have to be in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> last year I was invited by a friend to go to a pastor's conference and I wasn't the guy in charge of getting the van or booking the hotels or figuring out where people needed to be. And I thought, this is so much fun. Like, this is a great experience. And the, just, I felt so loved that this other person had planned all of this stuff that I got to participate in. And so getting to be the planner for that so that other people can just show up and, and enjoy and receive uh, is a really exciting prospect. Mm -hmm. it, the other thing I would just add to that is that, you know, creating a space where we oftentimes in ministry aren't being nurtured or aren't being fed or are not pursuing Christ like we want to. Mm -hmm. And we just need reminders of like, this is why we do it. And so part of the, the reason for doing an event like that or some of the training that we do is want to like, hey, you do this because because of Christ, right? This is why you do this. Mm -hmm. You um, This is hard and it's hard so that you love Christ more and you trust him more, that it's not you, that mm -hmm. we just need those reminders. Right. And so it becomes, a, you know, things like that become a space where that can kind of take place. We want to create, how do we create spaces and places where we help youth workers know they're not alone mm -hmm. um, and that there's other folks out here that are doing the same thing, that are hustling just as hard as you are. And how do we connect them together so that so that we can be a resource to connect them to other resources, right? That there's another youth worker who's dealing with the same things I am. I can just do what they're doing or watch them or connect with them or ask them later, like, how do you do this um, and not reinvent the wheel? Mm -hmm. And it just creates, like, they can be a resource for one another and mm -hmm. hopefully create some interdependence that they can help one another or partner together. You know, I, like, I remember we partnered, when I was at Park Avenue, inner city Minneapolis, we partnered with Berean Baptist. And the youth worker that was down there, we connected and got our kids together and we did things together. We did a mission trip in Burnsville and it was awesome, mm -hmm. you know, bringing inner city kids there and we served. But things like that where we now have a relationship and our, we connected our kids together right. in a world that's void of relationships, mm -hmm. that's increasingly more polarized. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a part of a vision too for us. It's like, how do we make those connections for folks and, and help them see that there's resources out there that you're not alone. I, I remember the first time I went to an Urban Youth Workers Institute, it was a conference, and I remember feeling very alone. Like, 
I'm the only one that's dealing with this. I, I, you know, nobody really gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be around a group of people where you don't have to explain yourself and everybody just gets you. Mm-hmm. And it's so refreshing and so encouraging and so like, oh, I, I need this to continue on in what I'm doing because I was getting discouraged or, mm-hmm. you know. So it, that's p- another part of it that we get excited about. And I will say too, Luke's coming on as a first-time executive director, mm-hmm. like including fundraising and communication and managing and leading uh there's just a lot there i'm a nice guy um but there's things i'm not good at there's skills that i don't have and just connecting with luke and seeing his amazing giftedness it's a wonderful like i was excited to be like can you help me can you help come along and do this there's more that we'd like to try to do together Mm -hmm. but for now it's like the recharge event itself is what he's been helping with but he's been a huge encouragement to me just to partner together and to um, and to fill in a, a, the gaps that I have. And so anyway, that's another part. Like this is, I feel like God's been a part of what what he's had us on as a journey and, and me on as a leader in, mm-hmm. is in this journey. And so this was a good fit. And he was able and willing to, to be patient and come alongside and help <laughs> out. So anyway. And it's fun that we've experienced in that dynamic a lot of what we're hoping others will experience mm-hmm. through youth leadership is this idea of, connecting so that areas that are maybe weak for me and strong for someone else I can glean or I can you know you talk about your context was urban my first youth ministry context was rural the majority of my context was very suburban Mm. and so uh, to have that whole spectrum that neither of us has by ourselves but Mm -hmm. we have together and are able to see some of the unique challenges but maybe even more importantly the commonalities across all of those different ministry contexts Mm -hmm. is, is a lot of fun yeah yeah. Well, and, and you're nicer than me, so. That's <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> well, and cool too that I mean, thinking about the conference that you are going to be thinking about your background, where you where you came from, mm-hmm. and so you'll meet you'll be cognizant of meeting the needs of the urban youth leader and the rural rural. That's a hard word. It is. Rural and suburban youth leaders. Mm-hmm. So talk talk a little bit about recharge, and we'll get back. I do want to talk about the youth leadership and all the other yep. things you're yep. doing, but let's talk yeah. about recharge first. Sure. So recharge is a it's a one day event, and it was started by a group of youth workers and children's ministry workers saying, uh, we just we want something that's local that we can bring our volunteers to that is. Um, really high caliber, something that we can't do on our own. Definitely mm-hmm. a, a, an example of we're stronger together than apart. And yeah, because if you think about, I mean, that youth leaders aren't getting the encouragement and the being equipped, whatever. Right. That then volunteers. Right. Right. <laughs> are even like beyond that. Right. Who are lucky that they have three hours to give during mm-hmm. the week, mm-hmm. and and you have the youth worker who is often so buried underneath the pressures of their job that uh, uh, finding the time to figure out how to better equip or recharge mm-hmm. or just invest in their team can easily become lost in the in the urgency of what feels like more pressing things or students who are going through stuff. Like if you're going to pick between spending time with a student who's, who's experiencing a crisis um, or like reading a book about how to be a better youth worker, you're always going to pick the student. That's That mm-hmm. heart is why these people are workers and volunteers. But they're there's a value, there's a return on investment that comes that uh, we really want to help enable. And so our goal is to uh, remove as many barriers as we can to volunteers and, and leaders having access to good training and encouragement. And those barriers are usually uh, financial. And so we like to say this is a, a national caliber conference at a reasonable price or at a local price. Logistical, like it would be great if we could all go to San Diego, especially in January, yeah, exactly. and go to a conference, <laughs> but you're not able to travel your whole, team, your whole team. And it's a one-day conference instead of a multi-day because most people with enough warning can get a Saturday maybe to uh, to come aside. And so I loved bringing my team because I got to just hang out with my team mm-hmm. and in between sessions ask what they're learning and it gave me huge insight with my volunteers of what was clicking and helped me be a better leader because they're like, oh, I heard this thing about how to hang out with a kid at a coffee shop or I learned this thing about how to lead games or I learned this thing about uh, how to prep a lesson and that gave, but it just made our entire ministry that much stronger um, that the team was able to, to come together. So it's Really, the goal is uh, inspiring uh, keynote speakers and worship time and time just set aside to feel encouraged and reminded of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in between that, workshops that are super practical, like 
what is something that I'm going to learn that I can do tomorrow? You know, when mm-hmm. I go to church on Sunday morning, I'm going to be, I'm going to try something a little different because of what I learned. Uh, it's nice to talk about theory. It's nice to talk about kind of philosophy of ministry, but at the end of the day, a volunteer is like, what's going to work for me right now? And what can I try? And so we intentionally design our workshops to be really, really practical for that reason. And you talked a little bit about that your background being at a covenant church and your background being at a Methodist church. Who Who is this conference for? Great. Yes. Yeah. And historically, youth leadership's been intentionally multi-denominational. And it's been a safe place for all denominations to come together and to gather our trainings that we are providing during the year, our certificate program, all those things were geared towards, let's just... Let's just focus on the, the big things and stay away from the, like, the things that divide us and create a safe space for everybody to come. So it's very ecumenical. We have, we have Catholic, we have um, Lutheran, we've got Baptist, um, we've got Covenant. I mean, we've, you know, it's, it's really across the board. That's part of the, the, the value that youth leadership has as a whole, but also how this event has been created and how we're curating it that way to continue that. So it's unique in that, I think, that, that it does bring a, a wide group of folks together who can, who can feel safe. We push, last year we had some really fun, exciting, different kind of worship styles. Mm-hmm. It's very multi-ethnic. And we, we are intentionally that way, and um, we live in a multi... Which is great, because I feel like sometimes in Minnesota <laughs> that... So I'm a white woman, so I see people that look like me in front a lot. Mm-hmm. But people, you know, the saying that you can't be what you can't see, mm-hmm. and to see people mm-hmm. leading that are from different ethnicities mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. And that's part of the relational part that we want to also try to create is a space mm-hmm. for that as well mm-hmm. to build relationships across cultural mm-hmm. um, boundaries and ethnic boundaries and class boundaries. I mean, there's just no reason that we can't do that, but there has to be a space for that to happen and for relationships to develop and for you to listen to and and to be under the teaching of someone that looks different than you mm-hmm. or that's from mm-hmm. a different denominational faith than you are. Uh, but anyway, so we're that's but we're Jesus centered right Right, that's like we're not we're not it's about what we have in common yep more than as opposed to what divides us like you said and serving people i mean serving Mm -hmm. people to know jesus and it's often the 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 big picture stuff is what our volunteers and uh leaders are are facing those those things that might be divisive are are rarely the things that are really what um the youth worker or the the children's worker are are needing to address Mm -hmm. and I, i think it's easy to uh, agree that we all like Jesus or we all want to read our Bible, but often those things, because they're assumed, are also ignored. Mm-hmm. And to be able to put those front and center again and just talk about how do you how do you help a 14-year-old be interested in reading the Bible? Or, you know, how do you how do you explain salvation in a way a seven-year-old is going to grasp? Mm-hmm. And these are the things that a lot of volunteers are wrestling with. And to have a place where we can all come together and glean from one another and just have a very, very broad well to, to draw from is, is a really exciting thing about the event. Mm-hmm. Well, and people probably feeling like you did at camp when mm-hmm. you're waiting to sweep the floor, and then all of a sudden you find yourself walking toward the person <laughs> that needed someone to talk to him. Right. That volunteers are probably wanting, feeling, seeing that, mm-hmm. and then not knowing what to do themselves. Right. But then, you know, to hear you say early in in your ministry that you found yourself on your way before you even know knew what you were doing and you're like okay like yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the times honestly we are so scared that we might mess it up Mm -hmm. that we just freeze and and draw back right and so having a place where we encourage lean in it's going to be messy and confusing you're Mm -hmm. going to get stuff wrong the really cool thing is that we're serving a god who's all about working out when we get things wrong is uh is exciting and so just that encouragement of like it's absolutely normal to feel terrified yeah um and like i 100 percent did not give that kid good advice i didn't get i don't think i gave him bad advice i honestly don't remember what i said Mm -hmm. um but whatever it was god worked through it Mm -hmm. in a way that i could not have done myself and would not have done if i had bought into that feeling of like oh i'm not ready or i'm not qualified or i'm not whatever god really likes using people who feel unqualified to do Mm -hmm. incredible work I heard a sermon yesterday, and she was talking about that God has a perfect message, and he sends it through messy messengers. Mm. And I was like, yes. 
<laughs> I so identify That's with nice. that. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things uh, that served as a reminder is the next time you think God needs a perfect person to share his message, you read the story of Balaam. Uh, and if you can talk through a donkey, he can talk through you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I've said that often. <laughs> and, and it's interesting, too, like oftentimes people, we, we don't need to teach people how to do something. We need to give them permission to do the things mm, they're doing already. Yes, yeah. And that oftentimes comes out. You'll see that in, in, in a training session. And it's like, oh, I, I'm doing it right. And that's mm-hmm. sometimes all we need, right? And just to be able to, like, okay, I thought that was how I was supposed to do it. Now this person taught on it, and they said, yeah, go for it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it's okay to be a mess. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to be perfect. It's so, you know, and that's sometimes what we need because we're, you know, we're trying to, like, do everything exactly how, mm-hmm. by the book, or, and, and, or how someone else we think is perfect does it. And it's like, no, we're all messy, and we're all just, yeah, we all have issues. And, and, it, and honestly, Kids just need relationships. People to show up. Yep, Mm -hmm. yep, Mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, it's honestly, that's like the biggest, I mean, one of the things we, I think, are most excited about is how do we encourage more people to be, you know, reaching out, connecting with, and creating community for kids to be a part of. I don't care if you dunk them or sprinkle them or, you Mm -hmm. know, what... the, these kids need people to be in relationship with. They'll work out the rest of that, their theology later on. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're not even connecting to the church or they're all leaving the church. Right. And it's like we need adults to be a part of welcoming them back in, inviting them in, and being like authentic relationships for these kids to, to connect with. I mean, it's the statistics are, are disheartening with how many people are not involved in a local church community, a faith community of some sort, mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities just alone. And so it's like, how do we be a part of encouraging that? Like the more folks that we can be, you know, in, mm-hmm. engage with or like fanning the flame of the work that they're already doing um, is exciting for us. We just, need, we just need more workers, you know, to be out doing this um, and connecting with students wherever they are. And, and especially with like our population as it's aging, you know, if we discount 65 and up folks, we're going to be, we're, I mean, it's a hot mess. Yeah. So one of my favorite things that happens at the conference is mm. sort of taking time to, to celebrate volunteers. Like the churches who are attending will, will reach out and say, do you have a volunteer who's just been just crushing it? And can we, can we celebrate them publicly? You know, you have, you have 500 people in this room and we want to say this is what it looks like when you get it right and there was a couple years ago where there's this woman that um, was like a 70 year old youth worker who that summer before had been sleeping in a tent in the desert in Mexico because they were building houses and zero complaints and just you know uh, loving on the kids and couldn't climb the ladder so she made sure all the water bottles were full and was super encouraging and to be able to bring her up and say like you know, seven, seven decades uh, of life are being poured into the next generation. Mm. And and she is willing to go out and do things that she probably didn't think she'd do it at 70 either. Is just, uh, I, I love I love that. I love being able to say, well, because I'm sitting there, you know, in my 30s going, I want to be her when I grow up. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I have a new goal. And it's mm. to be able to sleep in the desert mm. at 70 years old and pour into kids still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love getting to celebrate that type yeah. of person. Yeah. And can I just encourage your listeners to... Mm-hmm. I counted one time the adults that were that had an impact on me, small or large, from my middle school through high school years. Um, so over this, you know, six-year period of my life at church, and just like who, how many, who are the people? And I started making this list, and I counted 66 individuals wow. that had an impact on me for the for the better at our church. Mm-hmm. And you know, from my mom being a single parent. Um, I was the only child. She was doing the best she could to raise me by herself. Having the church be the place, the community that welcomed me in. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're out there thinking, like, I don't have anything to offer, you know, you do. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage people just to step out in faith and say, okay, God, I feel like I can help. There's something I can do. I'm just going to ask if there's anything I can do. And I almost guarantee you somebody's going to be like, yes, we love it. <laughs> and even if it's small, you don't know what the impact you'll have. It doesn't mean you're going to be with the kids for four or five, six years, right, discipling them. It could be something very minor. And, mm-hmm. and even just being an example or being present where students are at so that, mm-hmm. so that, like, for me, I could see them interact with their spouse or I could see them volunteer doing something 
that just ushering, right? Whatever it mm-hmm. was, I needed those people in my life, those adults in my life, um, to influence and impact me. And we just don't know how it will how it will work. So I just want to encourage people just to try something, just to volunteer, you know, just to hang out, even if it's just making a meal, right, for mm-hmm. a small group or something. Um, just to do something and it's so wonderful like I know families that invite kids into their house you know, and, and it's an awesome thing to do but just to encourage people um, or think to, about to what it is that you love to do mm-hmm. I remember it was VBS at my church one mm. summer and working with young children um, especially before I had my own was not in my wheelhouse mm. but they asked me to be a part of VBS and I was like uh, but she knew that I had just taken up photography Hmm. and she said we would like someone to come and to take pictures would you come and do that and I was like oh I can do that I can go take pictures Mm -hmm. well then it sucked me in and I was there every year (laughs) and then I don't know that I ever led a I don't think I ever led a small group but it was cool that I thought children's ministry was something I could never do but there was a there was something a skill that Mm -hmm. I had that I could add to it that you Mm -hmm. so you might someone might be thinking I don't, that's not in my wheelhouse. There's nothing that I could add to it, but you don't know. Mm -hmm. A lot of my favorite youth leaders as a youth pastor or or the ones I saw becoming incredibly effective were the ones I had to talk into it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We would ask around, you know, I'd ask leaders, I'd ask students, like, who do you see at church that you think would be a cool youth leader? Um, And then I would go up to them and say, hey, uh, people have given me your name. They think you'd be good at this. And almost always like, oh, no, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. And then, you know, two years later, they're in Kenya with a team and they're, you know, (laughs) running around with giraffes and stuff. And they're just like, oh, this is great. I can't believe I almost said no. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is that initial, there's an an initial fear that takes a while to kind of work through. And that's part of what youth leadership wants to do is to, like Eric said, give permission and just provide resources so that when you're in that spot of like, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, someone else who's a little further down the road can say, uh, hey, you're doing great. Keep going. And it matters Mm. what you're doing. Mm. So it sounds like a lot of the groups that come to the conference are a group. Mm-hmm. But what if someone is listening and they're volunteering and they just want to come on their own? Then they're and, about to become a part of a group. Okay. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll bring them in. They're, they're, everyone's invited for sure. Mm-hmm. It's Because okay. uh, that's a very under-resourced part of the population. Uh, most churches are less than 100, and a lot of youth and children's ministries are just that one or two good-hearted people mm-hmm. saying, um, I want to do something for these kids. And that is absolutely right in the center of, of our heart is people who are just like, I'm doing my best, and we're saying, absolutely great, keep it up, how can we help? Mm-hmm. And um, you belong. And you belong. You, belong. you absolutely mm-hmm. look. Look how many other people like you there are. You, mm-hmm. you maybe don't see them on Sunday or on Wednesday, but, but they're out there, and, and, and you can come connect and, and be a part of this. Like, there's a spot for you for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's get to the details of it. When We mentioned that it was in January, and it's not in San Diego. It's Sorry. here in Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's in it's in January. It's January fourth, which is typically the Saturday before a lot of programming restarts after the holidays for churches, mm-hmm. and so it's really positioned to be this like this this mid year boost for your team. It's in what I called uh, the doldrums. There, there's this chunk between Christmas and like mid February where it just felt like you were having to try really hard to motivate yourself and others to do it. Like Mm -hmm. you're just (laughs) Christmas is gone and now it's just the dark winter and what are we going to do with ourselves? And so we put it right there to be a a place to, to kind of kick off the next year, the calendar year in a, in a really fun and and, uh, encouraging way. Um, So it's January 4th. It's an all day conference from 9 AM to four this year. It's going to be at Bethel university. It moves around. We've hosted at different churches over the years and, um, we're excited to be on Bethel's campus. Just beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful campus and, and uh, really seeing their heart to, to help support and, and just say, how can we make this uh, event? We care a lot about uh, what they've said is we care a lot about the people who are shaping our future students. Mm. And so the people who are on our campus now are here largely because of folks like you. And so how can we support and encourage uh, you as you do this conference has been just a ton of fun. Mm. Who are the speakers? So our main, our morning, so we have two main sessions. So the, kind of the breakdown of the day is we start the day with the, with the main session where everybody's together and one, and it will be Benson Great Hall. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end the day in that same room. 
And in, in between those times, we have three workshops like um, blocks okay. and with seven different workshop options, maybe nice. more in on each of those blocks. So there's 21 opportunities throughout the day mm-hmm. that you can connect with and figures, you know, I can pick one of these. This would be great. The morning session is, is a brother named um, Harvey Carey. Harvey was a youth pastor in um, Chicago, had a youth group of about 1,200 students in Chicago um, for years in the south side of Chicago, and then has since moved to um, Detroit, Michigan, where he pastors a church called Citadel of Faith. He's an amazing national speaker. We, you know, he's we had him come to youth youth specialties to the uh, National Youth Workers Convention uh, more than once, and he was an amazing, like, really connected well with a broad audience. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who was there at 11 o'clock in the big room talking to youth workers still, not mm-hmm. off in the green room or mm-hmm. didn't take off, but he truly, genuinely loves youth ministry and children's ministry and folks who are, like, walking alongside students in their, in their faith journey. Um, and so he'll be here with us in the morning, and then we're, we're hoping to nail him down on a, on a workshop as well, which would be really exciting. <laughs> but he'll be around for the morning. And then we have, we have a list of a bunch of different um, leaders from around the Twin Cities who were signing up right as we speak to come and be a part of the workshop options that folks might have. Mm-hmm. And then we have, we have a local female uh, pastor that will be there in the afternoon to share. Last year was um, um, Stephanie Williams O'Brien who came and was mm-hmm. amazing. She is amazing. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just a really encouraging way to end the day. And then we'll have two different worship times together, uh, different stylistically. Mm-hmm. The times will be different in the mm-hmm. morning and the afternoon. It's been really fun, actually, to, to go through, fun and challenging, but the best kind of challenge to go through. Uh, we ended up with a list of over 70 potential workshop leaders, wow. and it's the most diverse uh, ethnically, gender, denominationally list I think that's ever been produced uh, um, for this event. And so going through and, and trying to winnow down from all of these really really gifted and talented and that's why he says there's seven maybe more is we have so many that we're all almost going like how about we just add another workshop block like <laughs> let's just find another room because i don't want to have to choose between these uh, these folks and so it's been a really fun uh, experience and a, a huge reminder of why this event is so unique and necessary is there's such a depth of knowledge in all of these folks who are already in the Twin Cities area and giving them an opportunity to share what they've learned uh, with others is just a, a really thrilling experience and a, a reminder of just just how talented there are mm-hmm. uh, how talented the people around here are and, and how much they have to, to offer and, and part of how we set it up is these are like what Luke was saying they're all very practical sessions mm-hmm. um, so you know not more than like less than an hour usually you know there's some we try to provide some time for Q&A so and that usually is the richest time in a, in a workshop right where you have folks dialoguing and connecting and, and well here's how we tried it in our space oh that's a really I have a question about how you what does it exactly mean when you say this or that mm-hmm. um, and so to create that space for them um, to do that and then this year what's really exciting is we're having our our lunch kind of space in brush harbor commons is like a big huge open area and so the other thing that we have each year is we provide resources through different vendors who come and so we have camps that will come and share like they'll be all there so that that folks who are coming can be, just connect with those folks as well which is exciting to have those resources there in the space for them so mm-hmm. that they can all connect and uh, and try Try to create space where if you want to meet with your group during lunch, you can go ahead and do that. If you're coming on your own, there's a ton of people to hang out and talk to uh, and get to know one another. And so that's been a that's been an effort on our end to try to create space where folks can really get to know one another. That's low, like stress right. and just kind of fun. <laughs> Casual. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I enjoyed as a youth pastor how um, as we came back year after year after year, it started to feel a little bit like a reunion. Like mm-hmm. I would start running into people that I had met at a previous conference and maybe I like something that they said and hey can we go grab coffee and so we met once or twice during the year and so by year three or four not just me but like my volunteers are going like oh hey it's the guy from you know uh, Roseville I gotta go say hi quick and and just that there is an element of uh, just reconnection and of of we're all one big family that Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun uh, to experience too. So you've alluded to it a little bit about the other kind of courses and things that youth leadership does. Can you tell yeah, us a little bit about sure. that? So youth leadership is 52 years old. Wow. <laughs> it's been around for a very long time. Started in the late 60s by Young Life to create theological training 
for um, leaders who are going to be leading in their clubs around the region here. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a part of who youth leadership is and will be forever. For a long time, we were leading a, a cohort of graduate students at Luther Sem and at Bethel Sem who are going through a youth ministry um, degree in those two different places. So one of the things that we've done is we've not, we're not doing those cohorts anymore, but we've taken the content from that and turned it into a certificate program. So okay. one of the options that we have is you know a youth leader who's like, I don't know, I've never done this before, I'm not really sure how to do this. There's opportunities to like go through a year-long certificate program where you could get trained on the nuts and bolts of how to lead a youth ministry. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things that we do. We also have just like ongoing training, like some monthly trainings that, that folks can come to. Sometimes they're over a lunch mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes they're a day long session on you know, some uh, deeper issue. So Jeannie Olson last year and, and Kara Stromberg came and did a whole day on like managing youth ministry and children's ministry. Like how do I do this? How do I manage all the different parts of what I'm doing? But that takes longer than an hour and a half or two hour right. session. There's things that we're, we're excited about trying to do. Mm -hmm. So that's been a, a, a little bit about what we've done, some speaking opportunities, some training opportunities in churches, um, and some consulting work over the years. And, and then honestly, we're just like, how can we be encouraging youth ministry on the ground in different contexts around the Twin Cities in what they do? And so sometimes that means we'll come into a church and we can connect with, like, we just want some help thinking through how we do these things practically in our in our ministry context um, you know there's a there's I'll be doing some work next weekend um, working with crew inner city where we're going to talk about how do you do outreach in a local context like just to give advice and connect like that and so you know we have vision for youth leadership moving forward this is we've always done training we've always done theological training and practical youth ministry training but there's also this real um, important like we need folks to be healthy in their relationships. Mm -hmm. We would love to, you know, be doing retreats with folks, taking them out of their context. Let's go. Let's go be at a cabin for, you know, a few days, mm -hmm. and let's just go in. Um, how are you doing in your relationships with others? How are you at, you know, whatever is going on in your in your ministry context that you don't feel like you have somebody to talk to about this? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we want to be a place where that you can do that, or we want to connect you with others that would be willing to walk alongside you in that. I think sometimes part of youth ministry and ministry just generally is very isolating um, I'm on my own if I say anything my job's at stake so mm -hmm. it's you know and I don't know how to I need help with this or I you know I want to grow in this area and I'm not sure what I need to do anyway um, so there, there's just a lot of that kind of work the Twin Cities is a, you know an area of three and a half three million people that's growing we feel like there's tons for us to do right here we've had a reach that went to Fargo to Duluth and how do we equip folks in those areas as well? But but really, like, there's so much going on right here that mm -hmm. we feel like this is this is what we can handle right now. Yeah, and so that's been our push and our focus. And as I learn how to engage other folks to be a part of that, you know, so that we can we can continue to fund that. We're we're excited to do that. There's we also know that there's under-resourced churches that can't afford to come to things, and so we're we're also like soliciting donations for that kind of thing like mm -hmm. we need help you know you have 50 bucks you want to donate to help somebody come to a recharge there's mm -hmm. so many youth workers out there who who don't have a budget or don't have the resources themselves or are, you know not just bivocational but like you know anyway i don't know if there's another word but they have a lot of, yes exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. oh my goodness i can't work anymore yeah vocational yeah <laughs> yeah so and i'll make sure that the website for the conference is in the show notes too mm -hmm. so if anyone wants to sign up you can go there and find out all the information about it and sign your team up to attend it um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we cover about youth leadership or about recharge if anyone is listening and you're a volunteer you're awesome and we're grateful like mm -hmm. you're our favorite kind of person i don't know how mm -hmm. long it's been since someone's uh, said good job or keep it up mm -hmm. and i don't know how much it matters to be just some random dude on a podcast <laughs> saying that mm -hmm. but Good job. Keep mm. it up. Um, you are why we do what we do. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, there is nothing I like more than just getting to see people lean into the scary work of interacting mm. with young people in faith and, and just the, the really amazing life change that happens when they do. Mm. Yeah. So one is you can 
how much does it cost to come if they wanted to come to? Oh, you're so much more practical. Than <laughs> yeah. with, to come. Existential. And the, like, no, this is the strength and the weakness thing. Yeah, no, exactly. no, no, no. <laughs> or the, the complimenting. Yes. So uh, the, the pricing for the conference, try and keep it as affordable as we can and bring in sponsors to help with that. Um, it's November right now, and so uh, we're in the early bird pricing. So it's around 50 bucks for an individual, and then it starts to go uh, down and the more you bring. Like, we understand mm-hmm. that the financial strain of bringing four team members or 10 team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's uh, on uh, the website at ministryrecharge.com, you're able to uh, see how that pricing structure breaks down. Yep. And if that's if that's something that's a burden for anybody, like we want to know, mm-hmm. and then we want to we want to connect with folks who are, are willing and able to, to like help with that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We have a, it's called the um, Mike Iaconelli, um was the, the one of the co-founders of Youth Specialties uh, who passed away, mm-hmm. and we have a scholarship in his name um, that we use to help you know to. Um, to scholarship folks to come to the, our events and to be able to afford our training. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our hope is that we would see kids and students pursuing Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately that's what we, we are excited about, um, that they know how to find Christ and are pursuing him ongoing increasingly um, as they mature. Um, and that, that part of doing that is that, that we as adults and leaders are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that often is really, really hard. Um, but we know that as we are more um, in tune and are pursuing Christ in our daily walk and are just in our lives and community and our church, that something is different about us, that that transforms who we are. Mm-hmm. And it looks very interesting and crazy and, and countercultural to, to young people. And so that would be my encouragement is not, not to be like perfect in how you do ministry, but to be increasingly perfect in your pursuit of Christ mm-hmm. and that he through the Holy Spirit will be working through you to, to draw kids to himself and for you to have opportunities to have relationships with young folks and their families who really, really, really desperately need it. So, And I echo um, Luke's sentiment as well. We're just grateful. We're just grateful for folks who, who have committed to this, who are uncomfortable in the spaces that mm-hmm. God's placed them in. But we're also confident that you see Christ in whole new ways when you're doing that. Um, when we're leaning into him to help us do these things and he blows our socks off. You know, it's <laughs> so exciting. Anyway, so yeah, this is great. It's um, We love what we get to do. We love that there's so many folks out there that are, that are walking alongside young folks. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories that we don't know and that we're excited to continue to find out. So yeah. yeah. So with all that you do and all the dreaming that you do, how do you retreat? Hmm. Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does retreat look like for each of you? So for me, it's it's outside. I need to go somewhere outside. Um, if it's a big retreat, I'll, I'll try and find somewhere as wildernessy as I can, like the Boundary Waters or something where you're just away, away. Mm-hmm. That's not always accessible. So like there's a, a state park about an hour outside of the cities that um, has a specific waterfall on the long hike to get there. And so like just going and being outdoors is um, is what recharges me. I find it easier to talk to God there. I find it easier to process whatever I'm, I'm thinking about there. Um, and so whether it's just a walk around my neighborhood, which like last night I was like, I just need to go for a walk. And so 20 minutes or like a half day or a week or whatever. For me, it's just anywhere where I'm outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a lot of solace in the Bible verse where uh, it talks about Jesus retreating to the wilderness to mm-hmm. uh, connect with, with God. And, mm-hmm. and that's uh, wrong, very true uh, in, in my life. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to every year go to a place called Pachman Terrace. It's mm-hmm. a Catholic mm-hmm. retreat center in St. Francis, Minnesota. Absolutely incredible. Um, and I just go do a silent retreat by myself. Um, no technology. I'll bring a Bible. I'll bring some books and paper and pens and write and sleep and rest and just um, really kind of let the spirit do his thing and I'll just walk through whatever it is that you know I'll there's always something and I'm not really sure what it is and it usually takes me a few days for me honestly it's about 36 hours for me to just slow my head down Mm -hmm. so like a like a day doesn't won't work Mm -hmm. my wife usually sends me for like four or five (laughs) um just because and I Mm -hmm. 
like spiritually starts stinking every every once in a while and she's like yeah i would love to do it quarterly so that's my that's my Mm -hmm. thing um where i just try to get alone for by myself and just be and not have to don't think about anything else and just disconnect and i'm always come away with something something new that i didn't think i would get Mm -hmm. um so that's my that's my annual kind of um time and then as much and often as I possibly have the discipline and, and can and have time to do um, is you know just practicing one a discipline of reading um, the, like the word meditating on that and mm-hmm. just like I can't pray with my hands folded and my eyes closed because mm-hmm. I'm so ADHD that it's not even so I have to write my prayers out okay. so I just journal them that's mm-hmm. my and that's my retreat just that time of just um, you know if it's a book that I'm using I'm, I'm the spiritually healthy um, or emotionally healthy spirituality book that I'm working right my way through now is really helpful. There's like they have daily offices that are really great and kind of a, a guide. So that's those are my two things that I, I attempt to do as often as possible. That's yeah. great. I will put Pachmanteris in mm, the show notes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what you said is I heard someone say once that she has to stop her body long enough for her soul to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so get that. Mm-hmm. Be still, be still and silent, and know I'm God. And Henry now and I would say we are afraid of the silence because of what we might find there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's mm-hmm. totally true. And it's like <laughs> it's totally oh. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the second question I ask is, if you were to use the hashtag Celebrate Weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? <laughs> So the, the first thing I thought of was I was actually just this last Friday, I was at a, a middle school conference that I was emceeing with a friend, and there are a thousand junior hires, and they're singing Reckless Love, and they're belting it out, and I am frantically in the front row trying to put on a unicorn costume because I have to get up, and the, the paradox of that was definitely weird. I'm just like, so that's not like a practice, uh, but that was the first thing I thought of. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, youth ministry, youth, people in youth ministry must have like loads of answers for that. Yeah, it was definitely one of those moments of, of just like any other place and this would seem weird. And for some reason, like not a single person is batting an eye, you know, like there's there's no youth leader who's like, what that, what's that guy doing? But there's a grown man trying to squeeze unicorn. into a unicorn costume. No, everyone's like, yeah, sure. Cool. Uh-huh. You have another one? You know, like it was just, yeah. That's funny. I that's an image that I, I wouldn't be able to get out of my. Oh, there's video. It's amazing. So I, can't see it. I think I think for me it's thinking, not thinking more highly of myself than I ought, and um, and being around kids. Like I like I said, I'm like a 13 year old at heart. So like mm-hmm. bodily functions and just being silly and goofy with kids and and I, I really love um, kind of trying to poke and prod kids towards just being goofy and silly and being what you know being them like you're supposed to get dirty you're supposed to be silly you're supposed to smell like this for a little bit of time but i would love for you to use deodorant but that's okay i mean um and i think i enjoy that and enjoy that in young people too and so that's just that's what i would say i'm just kind of goofy and silly and my twitter um like picture it says um it's there's I'm holding a coffee mug that I found at a youth like at a, some youth pastors, um, you know, church. So I, and it says I love farting, and I think that's kind of <laughs> that, apropos. Cele- that celebrates. Weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> so well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing not only about youth leadership and the recharge conference, but also about yourselves and your story of how you got to where you are. Because it sounds like that feeds into what you're doing mm. now. So thank you for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast at at Retreat House Podcast, and you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week.